Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. In the gardening world, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, what product. We're talking about seeds, lights, it don't matter. But what we do need to watch out for is bad marketing over promises. Right here in the Backyard Gardens podcast, we're going to go into the weeds. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. Okay, everybody, I want to say before we start anything, I want to thank our patrons because of you, we can do episodes like this. And thank you so much. Fair enough, Batavia? Fair enough. (laughs) I was trying to think of, is there an opposite to fair enough, but I'm not. Yeah, so I don't sure. know. I'm not that quick on my feet. I'm quick, but not that yeah. quick. So just a note, um, I have you turned down just to make sure there's no interference. Um, Do and, I need to start yelling? Well, I'm yelling because I'm overcompensating because I'm like straining to hear you. <laughs> and I'm not really straining, but you know how that goes. Yeah, I know exactly how it goes. I was somewhere last night. I was at my son's Cub Scout meeting and I was trying to listen to the little kids. I'm like, What? What did you say, little man? I could not hear them to save my life. But, um, all right, question. We have a question of the day, correct? What is the question of the day? All right, so. (laughs) You look scared. (laughs) No, you were all like, um, okay, yeah, okay, I could do that. All right, so we have someone that said they just grew collards. For the first time this past summer, uh, definitely had trouble with aphids. At least that's what they think they are. So there's something there, but we're not going to cover off on that just yet. The question really comes down to, do you think if I cover my collards, will this help avoid aphids? Ooh, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Ladies first. Uh, so... You know, I'm a huge, huge fan of covering. However, I have never seen plants that I grow once we get to midsummer with covers that don't have aphids. I actually am pretty lucky with my collards. No issues with aphids, a bunch of white flies, even undercover. However, I have a second bed that I covered this year. Uh, it had things like rutabaga and um, the kohlrabi we've talked about. And the leaves were just aphid filled. And it had been covered like 99% of the year. Uh, so my answer is no, it won't really help with aphids because those things come from eggs that are basically in the soil. Mm-hmm. And they hatch in early spring. And, you know, no matter you're basically trapping them on inside of the inside of the bed or where you're growing. So. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with that completely. And I would go so far as to say I wouldn't worry about I, I think you would co- it would cost more to cover them than it would be to treat mm-hmm. for them. Agreed. And I'm not even talking about chemicals now, either. I'm talking about just standard treatments for aphids. So. Yeah. So I um. I think there's also like the, you know, my opinion on the frequency. So covering is really a lazy gardener's way. And that's a part of the reason why I love it. There's some downsides to it, but the treatment requires, you know, treatment one, treatment two, treatment three. And that's the reason why I have some pause. But, you know, the downside of not treating it is I end up really discarding a lot of those leaves. Once it gets to the point where they've gotten like ahead of me, I end up cutting the leaves. And a lot of the leaves we're talking about, especially if they're on her collard plants, I mean, that's what you're eating, you know? So um, if I had trouble, like this person's describing with my collards and aphids, I think I'd probably get my act together and get on a treatment schedule. Do you remember um, the aphid video I did over the summer? 
I okay. do. Kale, too, while it's on my mind. I have aphid problems with kale. So you're one of the few people in the world that cared about that video, which I appreciate, Batavia, but I treated mm-hmm. it on that video one time, and it was they were covered in aphids, mm-hmm. and then that was it. I never treated them again. There has never been another aphid on there. Aphids are wow. notoriously... And once you get a hang of it, they're easy to treat for. So I didn't even use a chemical on that one. I used dish soap and water. That's all I use. And I mean, a lot of times with aphids, it's as simple as just spraying them off because they're actually too weak to climb up at the plant. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about that, like, let's just say you get aphids, your first method to spray them off with water. I mean... What's the worst you've done at this point? You've given your plant some extra water. You've paid nothing versus covering them. It's a whole deal to cover them for aphids. Now, I get when you do like your cabbage worms and stuff like that. I get mm-hmm. all that. Like, I'm, I'm with you. But for aphids, I don't yeah. think it's worth it. I think there's a lot other. Yeah, I wouldn't. If my sole problem and I was trying to avoid aphids, I wouldn't use cover for yeah. that. Um, I actually, with the white flies, kind of different from the question but if we kind of center on collards white flies were terrible later in the summer and i treat it with you know spray bottle with soap and water Mm -hmm. um and so i didn't keep track of you know i probably sprayed it more than once um but that's really that's some good intel and the hope is that you know it would take minimal treatments let's say that so if it's one that's awesome but even if it's one or two Um, so maybe I'll direct this person to your video when it comes to, Hey, here's a, an option. Yeah, um, you could do that. To treat I mean, them. cause the, and the other benefit too is tr- with treating, let's say you get aphids and you, you're going to do two to three treatments just to be totally eradicate them at the same mm-hmm. time. Like if you're using neem oil or something, you're also treating for other things as a preventative measure at that point. So yeah. there's also that benefit. And I know a lot of people, I know in particular you are not a fan of using neem oil and stuff like that. And that's fine. But mm-hmm. it's all part of like, for me, it's part of my maintenance regimen. So as soon as I get a problem, I treat and at the same time you're treating for other stuff. So it just kind of works out hand in hand. So there's mm-hmm. always that. The only thing I don't mind trying to treat interestingly enough, cause it's almost always a losing battle is powdery mildew. <laughs> and that's the one thing you can't <laughs> for really whatever treat. Reason. Yeah, for whatever reason, I'm just like, I'm going to save you plants, and I never do, but I do come back through with multiple treatments. Have you, have you ever we knocked it back? always want the things that we really... Have you that? ever knocked it back? Like, gotten a hang of it? Nope. Yeah. Never. Nope. Me either. Yeah. One day. One day we'll crack the code and we'll be like quadrillionaires, because everyone will be like, how did you treat it? It's not possible. <laughs> All right, so we've learned that we do not, neither of us recommend cover as a method of treating aphids, getting ahead of it, or treating it after they've settled in. Um, Treating it truly with a spray, perhaps starting with something as simple as soap and water, um, could be very helpful. You've seen it work. Um, And then I think maybe the next step, if it requires a bit more, could be neem oil, because you do get... A couple of benefits, yeah. you know, depending on what's going on in your garden. Yeah. So I can live Yeah, with that. and I mean, even before you do the water and soap, you would just use regular water to try and knock them back. And I mean, my mm-hmm. first method is always like get on there and start pinching the leaves and killing them and getting them off, all that stuff. So Yeah. I'm cool with touching a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dirty old woman laugh. Um, but aphids aren't one really? of them. Yeah, they're there. I mean, I'm all I'm picking, you know, cabbage worms all day. That's every crazy. Day. I'm the opposite. But aphids, man, they're just terrible. Like you, so you're cool with like picking hornworms and stuff. No, um, some... stop trying to bring up other things that freak me out. <laughs> you know, I don't really want to touch the hornworms either. They've um, remember I had them in my garden for what I believe is the first time this year, and they were not as freaky as I thought when I used to see the pictures online, but still pretty yeah. freaky. Um, so no, I I prefer not to touch them. Um, yeah, they're all juicy and stuff. I don't all. like it, but either way, yeah, roly polies, um, any other kinds of like beetles and bugs, and the the worms I'm cool with. If you need to hire someone to to handpick those, I'm your gal. However, most other things, not so much. There you go. So don't cover if you're going to try and uh, defeat aphids and for the record aphids hit my garden two to three times every single year at minimum so mm-hmm. i think it's just part of it and just try and treat them and stay on top of them and you'll be fine but yeah. 
We are going to go to a break and we'll come back and we are going to go to our main topic, garden marketing. One of the most common questions we get asked is, what do we use in our gardens as far as products? Well, we have an Amazon list below that if you go to, you can see all of the products that we use and like and recommend and you can buy them. And if you do, you support the podcast at no extra cost to you. So check out the link below for our Amazon store and help support the podcast and enjoy your gardens. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. And before we get started, if you want a t-shirt or any kind of backyard garden swag, check out the link below and use the code JOLLYBYG. Gives you 10% off, and that goes all the way until the first of the year. So, of 2022, the first of 2022. <laughs> I get confused that people will be listening to this in the future, so I have to make sure mm. I say it. Like, you mean, like, it's released, and then people that live in the future, as in not in the present, would they listen to it? might come back and listen to us one day. Hey, look, you know what I told somebody the other day, before we get started? You and I are creating an archive. So our families, when we're dead and gone, they'll be able to come back and listen to our voices and see our videos for many years to go and we'll be able to keep them company. Now, we might be talking about some boring shit for them, but they might like it, you know. <laughs> they better like gardening, but it was kind of cool thought I had. Yeah, but a little bit dark, but hey, it's life, it's reality. I did see something recently that said, especially when you talk about your elders, um, someone shared... You know, save a voicemail from your mother, your father, you know, and so on. Because there's going to come a time where you're going to really want to hear their voice. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. They got dark quick. We're going to move on. <laughs> so garden marketing. Have you ever bought something that you knew was going to be great and it just effing failed? Like off Jump Street didn't go the way you wanted it to, you know, didn't perform something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the world of buying things, yes. Um, I'm sure we'll drill down to the garden. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. What is your... What is the last thing that you remember buying that you were like, it's going to be perfect and I'm going to buy it and it's going to work. And then it like just didn't do anything. But you were like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Mm, that's a hard one because I think with... I mean, there's so many things that we're surrounded by nowadays, yeah. and it's so, so easy to buy things nowadays. I literally have, um, not answering your question as I think at the back of my mind for an answer, I have a dehydrator that I purchased, still in the box, and I looked and said, all right, 30 days for the return was yesterday. Oh, and I'm like, boo. You know, like I haven't even tried it. I'm just super duper hopeful that it's going to be what I expect. Yeah. And it, that's one of those things where it kind of teeters on, like, it may do the job, but there, there are levels to it, right? That's why it took me a long time to um, to pick one. A listener, actually, the one that I ended up getting was a recommendation from a listener. But um, let's hope that they were right on the money. Um, the last thing that I purchased that didn't meet the need as I pull up my Amazon list. I don't know if it's the last thing, but I did... Um, purchased this pretty expensive it was like 125 dollars or something it's this shoe rack and it was supposed to solve all of my shoe problems and the measurements for the the uh, spaces for the shoes are like not for any woman that ever wears a heel oh really right you know and so they give those measurements and true enough i probably had information to make a better purchase but it's one of those things where now it's it was such a pain in the butt to get it to the house and I'm kind of looking at it now like, I mean, I don't want to return this thing. Like, you know, this thing weighs many, many pounds. And so then you're kind of stuck. That's one of the things I do miss about more commonly shopping in person versus online. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I bought a uh, an air fryer. This was last year or something. I'm not going to talk about the gardening stuff right this second because I just don't want to spoil it. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the air fryer 
I got it. I loved it. It was amazing. And I, I used it five times over the course of a year, maybe six mm-hmm. times, something like It wasn't a whole lot, but when I used it, I loved it. And then it broke. Mm-hmm. And then I contacted them. They're like, yeah, your warranty's up. Sorry. And I was like, for real? And that was it. So um, I was yeah. very upset about that. Very upset. There was some select words that came out of my mouth that I shall not repeat. But, you know, it was just. It, <laughs> did you did you throw it away? Oh, yeah, I threw it. I, I threw it away after it became many pieces because I was pissed. So, um, but, you know, these things happen. And I mean, there's a difference between defective and just bad. Right. And so when we talk about and when we so Batavia and I, we actually have batted around this subject for the better part of a couple months. And we were very hesitant to talk about it um, just because, you know, we don't want to burn any bridges or anything. But at the same time, you know, my argument and I believe it was hers as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, was it would be a disservice to our listeners if we didn't talk about stuff like this, because this is something that we have dealt with over the years and you know i've seen things and especially you brought up amazon which is such a great thing because how many times do you look on amazon you're like yeah that shit's photoshop that damn you know that plan ain't real <laughs> you know or something like that so um it's just interesting to kind of now that we're sitting here and we're about to talk about it my mind is going like sh- it's going super fast trying to think of like all because i see it all the time yeah. you know yeah well, you know what? Let's start with it's actually piggybacking piggybacking on a question that we had a couple of shows ago regarding seeds. Yeah. Right. So we talked about it to say, like, you know, you just need to make sure that you're buying from a reputable company. You know, spoiler. That was basically the answer. But it's interesting because we didn't intentionally. So we didn't touch on this part that much. I mean, it's a fair question to ask because. There are some buyer beware moments, you know, even with companies that are reputable, you know. So I think that um, while a person may ask the question and may not have been burned, if you will, um, our answer could help guide them to help avoid, you know, that burn. Um, so I, I, yeah. So I'm going to start off with one of one of the things that's. Um, probably probably less controversial that bothers me about seeds, especially when you're ordering them online. And it's not necessarily f- false advertising, right? My mom loves to claim everything is false advertising. Um, but it definitely does. It's positioned in such a way to get the buyer that's not paying close attention. Yes. Um, and it is specifically around, the one of the things is specifically around how many seeds come in a package. Yes. Right. So you're buying this package of, let's say, okra seeds. Right. And you may not know how many okra plants you want to buy, but okra seeds are probably one of the higher packages of seeds. And, you know, when it comes to the expense and you get it, it's mailed to you. And then it has like 10, 12 seeds in the package. Right. So they give you things oftentimes, not everyone, but they give you things like the milligrams and who on the shit knows how many milligrams <laughs> equals how many seeds. Right. Like, you know, I have seen some websites that actually give you like approximate number of seeds, depending on it. They do that a lot for some peppers, some of the smaller websites, but a lot of places don't. Right. You know, and so now you have a package of okra seeds that for me may last me just one single season. I may have 10 or 12 plants, not to mention how many that may or may not germinate that kind of thing. And I don't know the solution to making it um, um, easier for the buyer to understand what they're getting. But that absolutely is a problem, much different than if you bought the seeds in the store, because you kind of have an idea when you're filling around the package, the size of the package. But it really it it's. It, it bothers so me. So the place that I bought my seeds from this year, they actually have this a quarter of an ounce and a quarter of an ounce is roughly X amount of seeds, which I liked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to make me say it, aren't you? You're, you're doing it. So because well, listen, I, mean, I have I buy I, I'm going to give you a moment to it, to get it together. I buy <laughs> I've bought seeds over the years from like probably seven, eight different online shops, right. you know, online stores, online companies. And let's just say that the difference is it's 
it's pretty different the experience that I've yes. gotten with those seeds, right? Um, and so I've seen this. I, I tried a new space that's pretty local. It's the Midwest, and you know everyone's my neighbor in the Midwest. And so um, they absolutely had information about you know ounces. You can buy by ounces. How many seeds per ounce? Maybe not for every single. Um, product they sold, but for a lot of them. And what it also did was help me understand kind of what I'm looking at when I'm shopping at other places. Yeah. And so I think that, especially if you're trying to, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're trying to get to a place where you're trying to qualify for free shipping, you know, or it's just, it it just really bothers me. I, I sit in my cart and look at it and look at it and look at it. And because I'm more cautious now, I still don't have the answer to all of these places though. Yeah. You know, so all right, I've given you time to decide so your decision, how heavy you're going to oh, come in. I'm coming in heavy and hot, but I just want to say this first of all. Your decision to buy where you bought from encouraged me mm-hmm. to buy seeds from somebody that was local to my area, not just my area, but to like North Carolina, Virginia, South yeah. Carolina, and all that stuff. Yeah. And for the record, I had somebody email us the other day, and um, I don't live in California. I live in North Carolina, so there's that, <laughs> but... Um, I want everybody listening right now to take a moment and decide if you'd like to back your gardens podcast, because what I'm about to say is going to piss off a lot of people and I'm fine with that. So I have bought seeds. I'm just as Batavia has from everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple different places, big places, little places, popular places, plain, you know, just everything. And there's one company that I had a super high hopes for, for the past three years and my palms are starting to sweat and they have the most beautiful seed packs out there. I mean, when you buy them, you, you literally think that you are getting a piece of gold. Like, I mean, they're just, they're yeah. sexy, they're modern, they're vibrant and Baker's Creek seeds are terrible. They are mismarketed <laughs> And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell everybody why right now. Because if you know who I am, you know anything about me, you know that I'm in the photography, you know, film base, stuff like that. When you see a picture that is oversaturated like that, you need to watch mm-hmm. out. Because I grew almost an entire Baker's Creek garden this year and nothing turned out like the pictures. None of the flowers did. Nothing did. Now, there's other companies that I use the same way. And they're not as pretty seed packets. I mean, when I open my box, I look, I'm like, damn, I did something good, you know, mm-hmm. and they're very popular seed company, but I've just, and there's an underbelly of like Instagram and social media where people are saying the same thing and mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. constantly selling stuff. One that shouldn't be grown in your area. You should, you know, the, I, they've given me stuff for free that I have no business growing in my area. It just wouldn't work. And it's like the purple carrots. They're not purple, you know, or they're like <laughs> doo-doo brown when they come out or something. You know, there's just all kinds of things. You know, I had uh, my queen lime zinnias this mm-hmm. year. They came out a, you know, when you look at the package, I think they're queen lime. Um, they're vibrant red with streaks of green in the flower and they're big blooms. All of my blooms were the size of maybe a ping pong ball. And all Mm. of them were dull pink and just blah. Versus your random zinnia that you get is vibrant and pink and orange and big and lush, luxurious. And these are just pitiful. And I've heard of many people saying this. And it just is what sparked this whole topic because they're so popular and yeah. I've bought um, many other seeds from many other places and had much better results. So we can dig into that or we yes. can move on from that. It's whatever you want to go. No, I have a bunch of comments Please. around that. So I want to dig in. Um, so I, I've had a similar experience where um, the package and been drawn to the packaging. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a huge part of marketing. And. I'm going to say probably in recent years, so this could be 10, 15 years. I don't know if it's always been that way because in my mind, I want to say maybe our forefathers and mothers, we were like, all right, I'm going to, they only saw the seed and they planted it and they know it was going to produce some food and Mm -hmm. that's it. But you know, it's 
it's changed, yeah. you know, gardening has changed for a lot of home gardeners. And so I am interested in growing the thing that looks unique, that tastes unique, that's beautiful, especially if it's flowers. Right. right? Um, I have queen lime zinnias. I don't have them from Baker's Creek. I have them from some other place. But when I compare the packaging, it is a difference in the view yeah. of it. Right. When I look at the packaging online versus the package I have now, I separately haven't had luck growing queen, um, queen lime zebras or shit. Maybe I have and I didn't realize it because it came across as a different right. color. Um, so I do want to comment because we've talked about before how a lot of these sellers are getting seeds from the same place. Yes. So what you get I'm not going to always point to, oh, Baker's Creek is the the villain, if you will. And I'm not implying that you are like what you end up getting. But I definitely do believe they win the game when it comes to attract a buyer based on the visual. For sure. And at this point, you know, there has to be an understanding that some of these things that are packaged and I don't necessarily I mean, I get what oversaturation means, but I wouldn't have described it that way because I'm my mind doesn't work the way that yours does but i definitely get the idea of all right we're prettying this thing up baby yeah. and and it's going to draw someone to me to buy queen line zinnias versus some other place right and then it's very similar although it's a much smaller purchase but very similar to the shoe rack once you get it what are you going to yeah. do are you really going to contact them to say, hey, I want my money back. I want to return these four packages, you know. You can, but in most cases, people just, you know, take what could be considered the L. Because yeah. if you knew they were, if they if you knew that they had like this pink pinkish hue, would you have bought them? No, if they were that pastel-ish hue, I would not have bought them because that's not what I wanted. So, And therein lies the problem. Right, and so, first of all, I am the type of person, I'm like, look, I'll just take the L. But the problem is I'm the type of person with a podcast about gardening where I'm going to come on and talk about it because mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. shame when I go on and I look at how popular they are. And I know that people are struggling growing some stuff. And look, you're you can say and you did say this, that you there are seeds like all places get seeds from a select farms. Right. But the mm-hmm. issue is you're only as good as your product is. And if your product is marketed one way and comes out another, that is a problem. Okay. Now, I do want to retract a statement where I was like, everything I grew wasn't good. That's not true. You know, I had decent tomatoes and stuff like that. But as a Mm -hmm. whole, a lot of the things that I grew from them, I was very disappointed. And a lot of it was the higher exotic stuff. May I add is the stuff that they advertise for you. And if you go back and you listen to our social media gardening part, D. You will hear us talk about Brad's Atomic Tomatoes. Now, yeah. they are the ones that they sent. It's a black and white background with a very vibrant, is the word I'll use, Brad's Atomic Tomato. And that mm-hmm. is oversaturation of that tomato. Vibrant is another word for is a different thing, but it's what most people get. And that's a marketing thing. When you look at it, you're like, that's beautiful. And everybody came there like, I don't like these. They don't look the way they were supposed to. And when it comes yeah. down to it, it's just a tomato. So, you know, there's diff- definitely differences, but a lot of people I saw just were not happy with it. Cucamelons, same thing, you know? So you see these things over and over and it's just it's really sad because you look at the amount of people that follow them and the amount of clout they have out there and it's not good when you have other companies like let's say bountiful was it bountiful harvest mhm they're all hand drawn you know you know there's no misrepresentation visually of what you're going to get you know what i mean and i grew their seeds for many years so uh Bountiful interest, Bountiful, uh, I think is, botanical is interest. Excuse me. <laughs> Third time's the yeah. charm. Uh, botanical interest, uh, and I've actually bought their seeds locally. Yeah. Is the first place I think the only place I've bought them, like in your stores, mm-hmm. your garden, small small um, business garden centers, even at the grocery store, I've seen them. Um, and and there absolutely is a marketing play there too. Like, let's not get it twisted. No. Right. So there is a play there. Now, you wonder, though, at what point is it the seller's responsibility to say consistently and I'm as an example, consistently green zebra tomatoes, tomatoes, green zebra, green zebra, ah, 
green lime zinnias do not produce in the way that, you know, all of these sellers are saying, when do you pull that out of your catalog, if you will? Like, so that's one question. Two, um, remember how we talked about there's some sellers that won't sell certain items until a certain date. Sweet potato slips were an yep. example of that. They won't ship you sweet potato slips until a certain date. And that basically, I surmise that, you know, as well as you, I believe, that it protects both them and the, the buyer, right. right? So I'm not going to sell you something that will fail if you plant it in February. And sometimes people that could plant it in February suffer because they're making kind of this broadcast. We're not shipping until, you know, in these areas. Um, so they're taking some responsibility there and saying, we're going to make some decisions for you as a buyer. Um, so there is that. And I say that because could you... How would you feel if the description of that um, seed when you go online back to the zinnias, if they said something like, you know, on occasion, flowers uh, come across with a pinkish hue, right? Um, Like, does that does that help the cause? Right. In my mind, I would love to see someone that has the line, the queen lime zinnias that actually are that color, like one. Because there could be this case of the, like none of them are, or it has to be very unique uh, conditions where they actually grow that way. Um, but I think while we spend a lot of time on the zinnias, I think that it crosses more than the zinnias, more than the brads of time. Yeah, you know, grapes, right? You know, uh, everything from size of vegetable to kind of color. Um, I have had consistent luck with. Baker's Creek in particular when it comes to germination and like producing seeds are actually producing. Um, But the reason why I do want to even harp on the idea of I bought a thing and expected it to look like this, whether that was the only reason or part of the reason I bought it. When you're talking about garden space, that's at a premium, you know, I'm not going to spend this space in my garden if I knew the thing looked like something else. Yeah. You know, now, again, I don't have an example to say that I grew a, um, the one I keep on bringing up, green zebra tomato, and it always tastes like this. And now I grow it and it tastes different. I don't have that experience with Baker's Creek or really any other of the um, websites and things that I buy seeds from. That's truly an issue for me. But I do stand with you when it comes to um, the hype around the pictures is very intentional with with I know the realization that a lot of those vegetables and flowers don't produce to that. picture. Well, and I mean, let's not get it twisted. You don't make you know, it's like you see a, a picture that me and Batavia post you don't put the worst picture up. You definitely get like, mm-hmm. oh, today's a good hair day. I'm going to go get my picture, you know, and then mm-hmm. let's take it to it. Like, this is the perfect carrot. I'm going to put this carrot up there. Of course you're going to do that. That's not what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the over sensationalizing, you know, the tugging at your heartstrings with children in the photos, you know, mm-hmm. the over saturation and the one and it's not even the zinnias that got me it's the purple carrots that got me and i'm going to tell you why because they were marketed as they're grown commonly in india and they're very high heat resistant and so Mm -hmm. i said perfect that's exactly what i need if they can grow in india they can grow here it was hot it gets hot here they would not germinate here so my thinking is okay if i'm in india and i want to grow this carrot when the hell do i start it you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I know how to grow. I mean, if you have any doubt that I don't know how to grow carrots, go check my Instagram. You'll see that I can grow the hell out of some carrots. So when I did that and I talked to somebody else about it, I was like, man, and I posted a picture and they were like, I think I put it in my stories that day because I was really trying to be low key about calling somebody out. And somebody mm-hmm. else um, was like, yeah, I've planted those before and it very bad results. You know, it just I mean, it was edible, but it just wasn't good. And it was. It wasn't even purple. It looked more like muddy brown and just it was rough. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I think the 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 place that um, these companies benefit from is a lot of times a gardener will say, well, maybe I did something wrong. Right. Like you take 
ownership of the problem. Maybe not you in particular, yeah. but you take ownership of it. And then you maybe move on to something else, right? And that's the reason why I do encourage this kind of conversation um, because you know I'm always trying to protect a gardener where I want to make things easier if we can. You know, I want to share the mistakes that we make because if you make them, hey, no, you're not alone, right? Um, this is not something that we get right 100% of the time. But what I can say is, if you don't tell me I need to grow in a certain condition and the flower is supposed to be green and it comes out some pinkish hue, you know, then shame on you, yeah. right? Um, I I feel like there is that whole, like, we live in a life with filters, you know, so I, I like that you talked about, okay, yeah, we did choose the best carrot photo. We did choose the, the best angle here. Um, so I think that there's almost like this acceptance of this isn't, you know, poor business, right? Like we want to see the beautiful things and then, it, but you still expect that beautiful yeah. thing. You know, it's like, oh no, like, are they catfishing us? Like it just came right. like it kind of feels that way, right? Um, and I think it's just, you know, it's shitty, you know, it's well, I mean, let's be real. Like, and another, another thing I would do want to bring up because I don't want to make this the Baker's Creek episode, even though it kind of is. But who the hell pays for a seed catalog? You know what I mean? Like you're charging for a seed catalog so I can buy from you. Are you high? You know what I mean? Like I get 15 seed catalogs every year and then I get an advertisement to buy one for 20 bucks. Are you tripping? You know what's crazy? They actually offer a free catalog and then they offer like the VIP, you know, catalog for that price. Clearly people are paying for it. Um, I do want to talk about a couple of other things, though, um, that are uh, you see across a bunch of different sellers, specifically for seeds. Um, and it is the and we've talked about this, the, the non GMO yeah. label. Yeah. Right. You know, and the short of it, which I'll let you introduce to those that haven't heard us go on about this about before. what non-gmo is or yeah can i buy gmo seeds no you it know, is literally impossible for you as a gardener to go out and buy any kind of genetically modified organism seed out there it is not possible so it's just a marketing ploy and it's it's gross <laughs> is what it is it's really gross that people do that and it and you're right it is a lot of people that do it yeah so um there is um I saw like it wasn't an expose, but I read a bit ago when I was really focused more on on health and nutrition. That was a different day, (laughs) (laughs) but about like the label of natural. Yeah. You know, and how that's just like it's junk, junk marketing. um, And the key, though, is the same way with non GMO. You're drawn to that because you have in your mind that this is a, a bad thing. And there's an episode, if you're interested, where we really dig in when it comes to GMO um, seeds and such. But it's bad in your mind. And so you are now more drawn to this company that's not going to sell you the thing that's GMO. Because yeah. in your mind, they've told you that there are people that sell it that actually are selling GMO yep. seeds. And that ain't it. They ain't selling and it's them to you literally not, against know? the law. I mean, that's the whole thing is this like it's against the they, they will go to jail if they sell it to you. So it's really sad. And like I said, it, I mean, it truly is to me. It's gross that people put that on their seeds and across the board. I don't know how many I've seen, but I've seen an awful lot that do that. Mm-hmm. And the organic label, company- like I think that's a marketing ploy, too. But I get it and I'm OK with it mm-hmm. because there's a cost difference there. So you're having a step up at that point. But the non-GMO yeah. thing is just across the board. So it's like, hey, we're good. We yeah. don't do that. And Yeah. There's steps that um, that they need to take to be certified as a, an organic seed yes. seller. Now, whether or not you believe in, you know, are those steps necessary for you to have a healthy garden? That's up to each individual person. Right. Um, I do think that we equate organic food that we may buy in the grocery store, organic deodorant, or like we use the same kind of uh, understanding when it comes to seeds. And it really all is different. You know, the conditions that they need to create this thing in are different when it comes to the bell pepper you're going to buy from the grocery store versus the package of seeds. How about that? Yeah. Right. And so they're not looking to give you that level of detail. Um, They just know that we live in a time um, in many places. But I'm going to say 
for the U.S. because I can speak to that. I can speak for all of the U.S. where a lot of people are drawn to that. And especially when you're looking at seed packages and specifically on the organic piece where you can make the just which I have done often. You can make the justification for buying seeds, you know, instead of two forty nine, it's for the, the um, let's say conventional grown right. pack. You know, it's three twenty nine for the organic package, same seeds, right, same quantity. You know that that little bitty, you know, those are cents, which, less. Than it's usually dollar. less right, quantity fine. too, I think. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but in some cases it may be. But versus when you look at you know bananas conventional versus non-organic right like it seems like a better savings if you're buying this package that's going to produce many 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 of a thing versus the one right. singular thing and i think they're counting on that now maybe everyone isn't going to that level of detail but it it's a much easier spend to, to buy the organic package that you're going to grow versus the organic thing in the grocery store and i think they count on that in general Well, two things about um, that you have so if they if you have an organic farm growing organic seeds they have to be listed as organic which costs money and it's just like I told somebody the other day that my buddy is looking to get a roof put on uh, a house and he was going to call these people and they pulled up in these brand new trucks and they're all mm-hmm. painted and wrapped and have their names all over them. And the guy gets out in a three piece suit and I told him, I was like, you're paying for that truck. OK, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But that cost mm-hmm. to have that organic farm, you're going to pay like they're not just going to eat that cost. That's why it costs so much more. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. it's the same with meat and everything else. Now, in the time we live in now, there's a lot of awareness coming out about GMO and mm-hmm. it's starting to be labeled like made without GMO and not organic, but made like non GMO, non GMO. We're starting to see that a lot more. So where you have, you know, you always have woke people about something first mm-hmm. and then the masses get a hold of it. And I think that's where we are, where the masses are getting a hold of the GMO and they know that. And if you're a gardener, you're probably one of the more woke people and they're starting to see that. And then it just I, I would be interested to see if you had seed packets and one said non or, you know, non GMO or GMO free or something. And then the other one was the exact same thing, but just didn't have that in there. Which one would sell more? I bet the non GMO mm-hmm. one would sell more. Yeah, I it do just too. makes I you mean, more I, comfortable. That's the reason why I. I I feel firmly in that is you see some companies that are in your your hardware stores as an example that have that labeling that four or five years ago didn't. Yeah. So you can see like all of their seeds aren't labeled that way, but you can see someone came in and said, "All right, we're going to redesign this, you know, and we're going to add this." And I think five years from now you'll probably see a lot more of that kind of label. And I brought it up in part because a company that I buy uh, seeds from, which is, you know, it's a, it's high mowing organic seeds. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was like where I bought my first big batch of seeds. And generally I've been pretty pleased with the seeds from there. Um, However, I got an email from them over the course of the week and it said, you know, you're selling organic and non GMO seeds. And I'm like, son of a, not you too. Yeah. You know, like I, there is there is a level of disappointment that they had bought into this. You know. Um, yeah. yeah, but at some point, I mean, you know, it's like if everybody else has it and you don't, you're going to be looked at like what the hell, you know. And then that's when yeah, you have like, to make really a decision: selling? Are am I going to be punk rock about it and just do my thing, or am I going to jump mm-hmm. on board? And I mean, you can't. You know, it's like when I was a kid, be like, oh, that goes a sellout, that goes a sellout. But the older I get, the more you're like, well, you know what? You might have to be a sellout sometimes, you know? That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with it, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, the non-GMO thing is interesting. And the whole thing, too, and if you go, like, you can apply this to either one of the past two we've talked about, you know, the seed artwork or the non-GMO, like, you're paying for that little bit of ink where they type the non GMO on there or the label redesign where they added it or the packaging for it. And there's a lot of times when I'll order something and I'll order a nice product and it comes in a plain cardboard box. And that Mm -hmm. makes me happy because I know I'm not paying for that box that realistically, once you get that box, you get that product out. What's the first thing you do with that box? You throw it in the trash. Well, I put it in my basement. Well, that's you, but... Because that's where I store all of the boxes for clearly the playhouse that I'm going to be building. Even still, (laughs) you're not looking at it and cherishing it. You know what I mean? And I remember this hit me a long time ago. I bought a... This is back in the day. I bought a Thunderbolt phone. 
And I remember I looked at the box. I was like, this box is sexy. And I saved the box and I let it sit in the closet. And I was like, what's the point? You know, I'm, I'm paying for what? So you're just, you're eating that cost. Yeah. It's passing it down the line. So. Yeah, I think you absolutely are. I think that there is kind of the culture of the company, mm-hmm. you know, and so that focuses them on what they focus on. There are absolutely some companies that really a part of their pitch is, hey, you know, it, everything is in a brown paper bag, you know. Um, and I think that every company is trying to sell us, mm-hmm. right? You know, there, there's an angle in all cases right even small businesses even you know you know someone that has the individual they're selling out of their kitchen like you're trying to sell the product right and so you're trying to sell future customers and then even create returning customers like that's how this thing works right um however i think that we can absolutely note that um you have some companies that prey on people you have some companies that play on kind of there are these trends and it may not actually come into their packaging. It could come across in their newsletter that they send you. It could come across in, um, you know, the advertisement at the store. If their packaging is at the store, um, absolutely could come across in their seed catalog. If that's what they're buying or they're, they're sending you, um, whether it's the pictures who's in that particular catalog, who's on the cover this year. Um, you all may have noticed kind of, who who's displayed on covers late last year is different than you've seen in years past versus what we may see in the years coming up. Like all of that stuff is in play. And um, when we go back to the original question of, you know, where do you get your seeds? A part of this is, especially once you get, you know, into this, a part of this is what companies do you want to support? Yes. You know, so. And what do they, st- and what do the companies t- stand for as well? Yeah. And, and, and it may not tick all of your boxes and it's really hard for a company that you have no influence over to tick all of the boxes, you know, in your plus column, but just consider that there's some companies, um, and there's some others that we haven't even named that once you get down to looking at what they're offering, it becomes very questionable, questionable. Um, I think that there's a, a company seed company that sells seeds for 99 cents. Uh-huh. Right. You know, that that's a part of like their marketing seeds for 99 cents. And I guess in hindsight, logically, you think like, how in the world could they sell them for 99 cents if other people are selling them for two dollars, three dollars? And when you get the seed packages, you know why it isn't that the seeds are, you know, like grotesque packaged wise, but you're going to get less seeds in that package than you are anywhere else. You're going to get less. Now, seeds. that could actually play. That could actually play in some people's behalf. So I was talking to a listener um, just last week around or this weekend around like in some cases we get as small gardeners more seeds than we would ever use. Right. You know, and so in some cases, a 99 cents package that may have 10 or 12 seeds may be right up your alley. But it'd be nice to know that going in. Well, and that and those 99 cent packages of seeds have had the same artwork on them for 58 years. You know, it's the original <laughs> artwork, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, it's uh, what's that company? Johnny's Seeds. Mm-hmm. They ain't got nothing on there. It's a plain white envelope with a green line and a word Johnny on it, you know, and that's that. And they're one of the bigger companies as well. You know, some of the companies that um, I've bought seeds from, if I buy like, um, let's say if I bought 10 packages of seeds, it's a nice round number. Seven of them may come with some kind of artwork, a picture of that vegetable, Uh and then three of them will come in just the plain, it's the company name on it, the name of the vegetable, and that's it, right? Um, And uh, one of the reasons why we love like the packaging that is pretty like that, because it's a hands-on reference to what that thing is that you're growing, what it's going to look like. Right. You know, and you can look back and say, all right, you know, as you're watching this thing grow, you can go back to your seed box and say, yep, uh huh, this is what it's going to look like. And I don't always go back and compare it when I pull it out of the ground, you know, or off the plant, you know. Uh, but in the moments where I do that comparison and it falls short, it is disappointing. I do. I want to briefly cover things that are beyond seeds. And it really is kind of the things you need to grow. 
right? Whether it's, you know, your favorite, which it really isn't your favorite, grow bags, as an example. Um, we talk a lot about like lights for um, if you're starting seeds indoors, right? And so, and both of those situations, so grow bags quickly. Um, I love them and I will continue to grow in them. And a lot of people, I mean, we know the container gang is strong all throughout the garden community. Um, the thing that you don't necessarily consider when you get this 25 gallon grow bag is, um, is really when we talk about how much freaking soil it takes to fill up that bag. Yeah. Right. So they come at a really cheap expense and it's like, you know, you can get for the most part, five bags based on the size for like $20, right? It may be like 18 if you get like five gallons. It could be 23 if you get like 25 gallons. Um, And so you think it's a killer deal, right? But you don't necessarily, everyone doesn't necessarily compute how much soil they actually need to put in those bags. So you think you're saving money. and, And I don't necessarily believe this is them you know, preying on container gardeners. But I think it's something that, you know, from a marketing perspective, it's so easy to grow. You have these breathable bags, you have these handles on either side, and there's a piece of the equation that maybe you haven't realized for a gardener, as a gardener, I should say. Um, So that's one thing. And then I think that there there are probably four or five other things that we we may want to talk about here. All right, this conversation is going a little bit long, so we're going to cut this one right here. And we're going to bring you a whole nother set of topics and the same thing uh, next week. So we just really want you guys to come out and, you know, we want to inform you. So please let us know how you like this and if it's helping you at all. And and don't crucify me. I'm sorry. I know I I poo-pooed on a lot of people's favorite company, but, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) So um, everybody be cool, be safe, um, have a good weekend, and we will continue this conversation next week. See you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.